Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to the Truth and Liberty Livecast. I'm Mark Cowart sitting in for Andrew Womack tonight and we are going to have an awesome program. Our special guest is John Graves. He's no stranger to the broadcast and we're going to be talking about pastors, churches and changing the nation. So uh, you're going to be blessed and also I just want to remind you there'll be a chance for questions that you can send to us. We may be able to answer your question tonight, but uh, I've got Richard Harris here who's got all some special announcements and some things you want to share with us. Thanks, Mark. It's awesome to have you on set tonight. It's always good to be with you. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you to everybody for watching uh, tonight. And I tell you what, if you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, I just want to encourage you to jump over and uh, put into your browser directly truthandliberty.net. Watch on our website. That way you'll have a reliable viewing experience. We, uh, we've been censored by YouTube many times over the last few months, and I think tonight is... Uh, well, I don't want to give them any ideas, but it could happen. So watch on our website. And, and uh, plus on our website, we've got so many great resources. I wanted to clue you into a couple of links there uh, to check out. One is the new product from Andrew Womack Ministries called Biblical Worldview Socialism. This is part two of the Biblical Worldview series that's produced, headed up by Alex McFarland. And this is awesome, uh, awesome stuff. Um, also, Biblical Citizenship in Modern America, Course and Workbook. This is the new product by Rick Green that every pastor in America needs to get into his church and to set up a, a, a group to begin studying those and implementing that in his church. So check those out. We've got some events coming up at Andrew Womack Ministries that you'll want to know about. The Orlando Gospel Truth Conference is February 10th through the 12th in Orlando, Florida. And that's always an awesome time down there. The Karis Men's Advance, March 10th through the 12th. And uh, James J.B. Brown and Tony Dungy are going to be the, the key ministers there along with Andrew and several others. That's always a great time for the guys to come out. Sorry, ladies, uh, no women at this conference, but just the men to get recharged, refocused on our godly calling as men, our biblical role as men, what it means to be a man according to God's word and other things like that. I tell you, you will love it. It's awesome. Karis Campus Days. This actually is my favorite event of the year here. Uh, April 6th through the 8th at Karis Bible College. If you feel God stirring in your heart and you want to make a difference in this world, you want a deeper, more meaningful relationship with the Lord, there is no place on the planet better suited to meet those needs than Karis Bible College. So check that out online, all of these, awmi.net slash events. And then um, also, 
if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, uh, please just do that. Go on our website, upper right-hand corner, click subscribe, share your email address with us, and you'll begin to receive our emails and newsletters. And uh, they are designed to give you the information that you need to stand for truth in the public square. And uh, for those of you who subscribe new this week, you're eligible to receive our free product giveaway. Last week, we gave away Andrew's book, Financial Stewardship. And I want to congratulate Dan Bogdan. Uh, Dan, you're the winner uh, of Financial Stewardship. So you'll be getting an email about how you can claim that free gift. And this week, we're giving away Andrew's book, More Grace, More Favor. And um, I tell you what, you know, one of the things in uh, being a disciple of Jesus Christ that most people don't understand is the doctrine or the concept of humility. And the Bible says that, that uh, God gives grace to the humble and he opposes the proud. And uh, that's a key to unlocking the power of God in your life. So subscribe today and be eligible for that free gift. Also, um, if you're not a member of Truth and Liberty, I want to invite you to become a member today. And uh, you can do that by going to the donate page on truthandliberty.net and signing up to make a recurring automatic contribution of $5 or more per month. And you can be a part of all the amazing things that God is doing here at Truth and Liberty. And uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, please know our donations are not tax deductible to the Truth and Liberty Coalition as we're a 501c4 organization. Um, and uh, also, it's an interactive live cast tonight, so be sure to post your comments and questions for John uh, on the uh, chat function there on our website or the comment section on Facebook, and we'll do our very best to get to those. And then if you need prayer tonight, please call in. Andrew's got a, a room full. It's now 24-7, the prayer center at Andrew Womack Ministries uh, of trained, spirit-filled, Word of God trained uh, prayer ministers. I'm telling you, there are miracles every single day coming out of that phone center of healings, mm -hmm. salvations, live change turned around. Uh, so call in if you need prayer, 719-635-1111. Pastor Mark, that's all I've got on the announcements. I'll kick it back to you. Awesome. You know, Richard, when I looked and saw that John Graves is going to be our special guest tonight, I got really excited. And uh, I've been looking at the lineup of people that come to Truth mm -hmm. and Liberty. And you know, one of the things that hit me, we've got real faithful viewers out there. Yes, sir. And I want to encourage y'all to make sure to let people know, uh, our guest tonight is John Graves. He's no stranger to truth and liberty. And uh, I wanted to share this just before he comes on here. Uh, he's a Christian husband, father, business owner, attorney, mm -hmm. ordained pastor. He also serves as the CEO of the nonprofit Million Voices Incorporated. Of course, we're going to be talking about that tonight. It's an association of churches. And he's the creator of Digital Door Knocking and Acts 2028 Pastors. So he doesn't just do one thing. And uh, John, we want to welcome you to the broadcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm glad to be with you. My wife wishes I didn't do so many things uh, sometimes. So. <laughs> well, you know the reason I wanted to give you a little more proper introduction and share so many of the things that you do is because in the founding era, we were talking about this before we came on, uh, in our nation's capital, there's what's called statuary hall and each state is allowed two statues. 25% of those are pastors. And in the wow. founding era, pastors were not just pastors. 
uh, many times they were soldiers, they were legislators, they were involved. And uh, you know, I look at what you do and you're a very involved individual. And uh, we're actually going to talk about some things. You know, uh, Richard, I was going to tell you, we got faithful viewers. My sister watches every week. So I told her I'd wave at her tonight. So, <laughs> hi, Shirley. And uh, there's people that need to let other people know about what we're doing because we're not just having a conversation. John, we're actually going to talk about some ways that, you know, we can get involved and make a difference. Can you tell us about Million Voices, what that is and what it does? Yes, you, like you said, it's an association of churches. We exist to serve pastors, people, and partners like yourself and other groups that are out there trying to wake up the church. The end result is to change the culture and bring spiritual awakening. And so we do that. We like to call it high-tech, high-touch. We use a lot of technology, and then we serve people the best we can in a practical way. Um, it really, the, the name Million Voices came up with the number one reason most Christians don't vote is they think their voice doesn't matter. They think mm. their vote doesn't mm. matter. And so I thought, what if I could ever give them a picture? You know the, you know the Old Testament where he said, show them, show them who's with, with us. And he saw the angels that were with him. And all of a sudden he had faith. It's like if, there, if you understood if a million of you began to speak out on a certain Ooh, issue, like millions that. of you speak out, there's a lot more of us. So my passion, if you had a word picture, is to be a megaphone for other people's voice and to take their voice and give them practical tools that their voice can make the biggest impact because we're supposed to be salt and light, right? We're supposed to be the influence. And so if people begin to speak and stop staying silent because they don't know what to say, they don't know where to say it, that's my passion is for them to be the hero of the story like Jesus lays out. They're the salt and light. They're the hero. I'm just trying to show them the direction and the power of their voice. John, you just hit on something powerful, talking about Elisha and his servant came in and he was so afraid. And Elisha said, wait a minute, there's more with us than with the enemy. And then the Lord prayed, open, or he prayed, Lord, open his eyes. Yeah, yeah. And there was the shift. And I think you're onto something really big. What is necessary to change our nation? Where do we go to affect the greatest change? Mm -hmm. You know, here's one of the things we've just launched at millionvoice.org. At the national level, it's hard to change a, a congressional, even your congressman or woman. But when you touch them at the state level, here's the stats. And we know this from years and years of, of service. Rick Green will tell you this. David Barton will tell you this. When 10 or 15 people contact their state senator or their state house member, not the federal, but the state level, it gets their attention and can change their vote unless it's one of their core convictions, you know, they're already with us or, or not. And so what we've done is we've developed, they sign up and we give them the information every month and they literally send a letter or a postcard. Now they can do it themselves. Most people do to pick that option and that's fine. There's 9,400 plus state representatives. Doesn't matter what 50 states you live in, just put your address in and boom, there's all the information you need. And then every month we'll send you what to, what to ask them. Because when Roe v. Wade gets kicked back to the states, it's going to be the state legislatures that are going to make in the change. And that's what the founders wanted under the 10th Amendment. They, they didn't never meant for everything to be federalized. They, the federal government is only mm -hmm. supposed to have a very few limited powers. and Everything else belonged to the states. And that's where people can make the biggest impact. Wow. wow. So you're saying people just go to a million voices and they sign up 
for this as like a program right. or something, and then every month that's you right. let them know what the issue is, and boom, the postcard exactly. goes out. Wow, that's powerful. That's right. And so there's there's two options. I, we, we made it easy for them. They sign up, and you can see instantly all the contact information, everything. If you want to do all the work yourself, we're gonna we're gonna resource you. It could be election integrity one month. When Roe v. Wade comes down, which we expect to be next June, well, that'll be the target of that month. If it's some other moral issue on marriage or men and boys and girls sports, those kind of things, whatever the top issue is, we'll give you the relevant facts. And you, the postcard doesn't come from, from us. It comes from you. So even some people can make a donation. We, we ask them to give $19.95, and we'll go write the letter for you, from you, do the stamp, send it, and ask your state senator and your state house member to respond to you. It never has our name, our logo. It's not a petition. It's you exercising your voice in the most practical, impactful way that you can. Well, John, the consensus that you kind of feel from people out there that what's the use? Things are going downhill fast. And the question is, from your perspective, what are you seeing what are you hearing? Give us a pulse of what you're seeing from your perspective. I tell you, I've, I've never had so much hope and optimism and enthusiasm. I, people are waking up. I understand things are bad. When things get bad, that's usually when great things can happen. When persecution breaks out, the church flourishes. You see it all the way through church history, if you study church history. And as the radical left over extends their reach, the enemy usually overplays his hand, right? Then the people of God are starting to wake up and speak back. And so I'm seeing this, you're seeing it at school boards on CRT issues, you're seeing it in, in elections. And here's, here's, the, here's what a lot of people don't understand. I was talking to David Barton earlier today about this. In Virginia, that it was an astronomical amount of people after 2020 that volunteered to be poll watchers, election workers. They, they said, we, we need some eyes on this. We want to be involved in this. And a lot of people resigned. And all of a sudden, it was over 7.5% of the people who tried to vote weren't eligible to vote or they were challenged to vote, which was much more than the margin of error. Nobody wants to talk about that. But when you, as a, as a believer, get involved, it doesn't matter if you're a volunteer, a poll worker, contacting your state rep, you're the one that can make the difference. They Remember, they govern us. And I love, I think it's Proverbs 29, 2, that says, when the righteous rule, the people can rejoice. Spiritual awakening comes. But when the wicked rule, we all groan. So that's what people think. Well, we can't have spiritual awakening until we get better people up there governing us and from the state level all the way up. And we get to elect who governs us. We got to fight that they're fair elections, but we also need to get people out. And, and we can talk more about that if you want to. But I'm excited because I see people waking up. Pastors are waking up. People of God are waking up all over America. Well, you know, one thing, John, you know, the old argument, oh, here comes that Democrat-Republican argument again. They're finding out, no, it's uh, gone far beyond that. It's more like evil versus righteousness, good versus evil, and all these different things. Have, what are some of the polls saying? Because this thing you brought up about election integrity, I think most of us are saying something is out of sync, and, and it makes people want to yeah. say, what's the use? Mm -hmm. Why yeah, vote? And it's, and it's actually, yeah, it's actually, it, it demoralized 5, 10% of the people in the Georgia runoff, which is why the Republicans lost the Senate. They thought, well, this is 
uh, an, it, you know, you can call it a rigged election. At the very minimum, it was unfair. They changed the rules. It wasn't the rules of 2016 and 2020 because of COVID. They counted votes late. They overruled state legislatures. There's more. They just opened an investigation in Georgia. The Secretary of State, who wrote a whole book on there was nothing wrong in the election, has now opened an investigation because of what he called credible allegations, uh, where there was a certain group, True the Vote, had literally geotracked 242 people that went to an average of 10 to 20 drop boxes each, which is illegal in Georgia to vote for other people. Uh, over and over and over, and even had people admit, yeah, I was paid $10 a ballot to do it. So there's an investigation. We'll see what happens, what comes of that. But to me, here's the thing. We have to do the right thing and leave the results to God. John Adams said that. We're, ours, ours yeah. is the, our duty is to do the work. It's up to God for the results. But I think what's going to happen out of this is there's been voter fraud issues, and everybody just ignores it. People talk about it. And really what I think is going to happen this time and what's already happened in the last year since the 2020 election is 19 states have passed 33 laws dealing with voter integrity and and people are waking up, getting involved, wanting to watch, wanting to change these things. And I think you're going to see a shocking result in 22 and then another round of voter integrity, election integrity and say, look, we want it to be easy to vote. I think both parties want that. But we also want it to be very hard to cheat. And that's the big, big mantra that we got to stay focused on. John, I saw you uh, speak uh, at a legislator's conference a couple months ago, maybe three months ago, and you had a chart there that listed out yes. um, your findings studying election integrity around the country. Right. And a lot of people think, oh, it was machines flipping the vote. That's what it was. Or some people think <laughs> it was you know, something else. But it's actually a pretty complex situation. Can you summarize what you've learned uh, in, you in bet. your, your you study? Bet. There's, I, that's right. I've, I've worked closely with a lot of people who are doing some of the audits in several, many states, okay, several different groups that are working on this. And, and really, I think the exaggeration of stuff that might be there, I'm not saying there could not have been something with the software or the machines. We need an audit. We need to look into that. But there's what I call old-fashioned fraud or retail fraud where somebody and, and this is I, this is something I would ask our viewers to be careful of. The left loves to define language. Yes. They call a, a man going in a woman's bathroom an anti-discrimination ordinance. Why? Because then if you're against it, you're a discriminator. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want a man going in after a, a, a woman or a young girl in the bathroom. And, and so what do they call it? They call it harvesting. Well, harvesting is a good thing in God's economy. Harvest, you bring in the harvest, that's the plentiful bounty, the result of all your work. So they call it ballot harvesting. That's a terrible name. We should always refer, when people say harvesting, say, no, 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 that's not when you take a ballot for somebody else and vote for them, that's ballot trafficking. People know what sex trafficking is. It's a horrible, horrible evil. That's what ballot trafficking is. It is a felony in most of these states. In Georgia, to possess that ballot for someone else, unless it's a disabled family member, there's very narrow exceptions of where you can help somebody else uh, vote. You shouldn't be voting or turning other people's. You shouldn't even be possessing their ballot and seeing how they vote. That should be a private, confidential thing. And that's what happened in multitudes and across a lot of these states. And there's witnesses that have now admitted it. There's a video that came out from a sheriff's office just this week in Pennsylvania where a guy had stacks of ballots going in. 
Those videos are going to continue coming out. Uh, some of this is under criminal investigation, so you can't say all of it. Uh, there was a, in Wisconsin, the court just ruled that the statute says, no, you can't even let people vote in drop boxes because you have to have a narrow exception. If someone's going to vote absentee, they have to mail it in or they have to bring it in in person. There's no provision under the statute for them to drop it in a drop box. And then you had Zuckerberg put one or $419 million to fund those partisan inner cities in the swing states. And so that's kind of stuff is going to continue to come out to people. You can't get discouraged by it. You've got to continue praying for the truth. Don't get distracted by the two extremes and focus on the facts. It's very, very difficult because people want to move on on both sides, but we need fair elections. Well, one of the key things I think, and I think you've got a diagram on this or a chart if you want to show it, but one of the key things you, you said it was uh, the voter rolls. Can you explain uh, yes, what the problem yes. is with voter rolls? It, it's, it's huge. They just had an audit in Texas. I don't know if your graphics people can put the acronym up, but I, I got so tired of everybody talking about 50,000 different things. I came up with a simple, I, I'm a simple guy. I like to make complicated things simple. And instead of asking a thousand questions, ask your state legislatures, ask your friends and pray to focus on the facts. There need to be fair elections that are auditable elections, constitutional elections, traceable and secure. And under fair, what we mean by that is clean rolls. In Texas, they just did a preliminary audit of four counties out of 254. There were 12,000 illegals registered to vote, 225,000 dead people registered to vote, 449,000 double registered to vote. That needs to be cleaned up. That's Texas. So this isn't about Trump and Biden and all that. This is about cleaning all 50 states' rolls. But they also need to show voter ID. That's fair. You shouldn't have non-citizens voting uh, in our elections <laughs> that govern us, and they don't even live here. They, they're not the ones that should be saying who's governance. We shouldn't have uh, other people's citizens. Signature verification is a huge thing. You shouldn't have a lapse in there that, that doesn't show that. And timely votes. Pennsylvania, as you remember, the they overruled the state legislature's rules, which is what the Constitution says is supposed to happen. 300,000 people voted three days late, and then the election swung. If you remember Georgia, Trump was up enormously before that. And then auditable. We, when we go to a football game or a baseball game, we have a QR code on the ticket. Mm. You, you should be able to scan that. If you can do that for a, a sports game, you can certainly do it for our elections. Uh, they should be constitutional. You shouldn't have you know, the, the state Democrat leaders overruling the state legislatures. They should be traceable. We can trace wire transfers and everything else. You should be able to trace the ballot to know that the ballot didn't get changed, the vote didn't get changed, and that ballot came from a citizen, a person who should vote, and then they should be secure. So very simple, just focus on the facts. Don't get lost in false promises or crying wolf or, you know, there's pretty fantastical conspiracy theories out there. You don't need that. There's enough real problems. We need to focus on real things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does to Boy, me. Boy, that does. And you know, I like what you said, John. Um, simple, that's me. What yes. can the people do, as I'm looking at Million Voices, what can we do very simply to utilize Million yep. Voices and get involved? Yeah, what we do is we ask people to go to millionvoices.org and just sign up. We will send you free voter guides when the election comes. There's going to be 10, 10 different Senate races that are huge targets this year, 12 to 14 governor races, a lot of lieutenant governors, and all the way down the ballot. As you know, 
there's going to be a massive redistricting. Every 10 years is a redistricting. So we'll send you the information that you need as the <clears throat> primary gets closer and then as the general gets closer, and then we'll send you information on the postcard. Uh, and if you will take those voter guides, you can be the one that changes it. Mm. Yeah, voter guides are huge. Well, uh, I, that they, chart that we really had are. up, we're gonna we're gonna put that on our website. If if you'll sure. send me a PDF of it, we'll put it on our resources page so people can see that. And um, you know, the the Democrats, uh, the very first bill in this new Congress, it's not new anymore. But back after yeah. <laughs> the 2020 election, the HR one was the federal takeover of elections bill. Praise God there was someone, you know, the filibuster and, and Joe Manchin and all right. that, that it hasn't passed, but they're still trying to do that. Um, I don't know, I can't recall what, uh, where, how it's packaged now. Maybe you know the bill number and stuff like that, but tell us what the status yes. is of that and what would happen to those 17 states that have passed uh, election reform laws and all that. What would happen if that gets right. passed? It, they would overrule all those 33 laws passed by those 19 33. different states. They would federalize every one of these uh, uh, elections. And so, and they called it HR1, then they tried to repackage it as the John Lewis bill again, because if you're against it, you're against, you know, a civil rights icon. And so that's what they try to do is they try to nuance the work. Here's what's fascinating. All you heard last year was the, you know, build back better Biden bankrupt plan, whatever they called it. <laughs> and and when it finally when it finally died, they went in and, and his poll numbers kept dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping from August until now. They went into full blown panic and everything's now all of a sudden about voting. About voting, about voting. Well, why? Because they're reading the polls. There are now 26 Democrat House members who've already resigned. All 435 houses are being redrawn, reshuffled, redistricted. It happens once every 10 years. And several states have lost, some states have gained. And, you know, you're in Colorado, you gained a seat. We're in Texas, we've gained two. Florida gained. A lot of the states are shuffling. And so, you know, an average off year, now remember this the most narrow margin since the early 1900s. Tied Senate 50-50, Kamala Harris controls it because she breaks the ties, and then five is the margin of error that Nancy Pelosi controls by out of 435 votes. She loses five Democrats to be Republicans, it's over. The average of a president loses 25, five times that. And I think this is this could double, if not triple, the average because this president has now done such a terrible job, honestly. And I think people that were frustrated with the past president, President Trump, they were hopeful something would happen. He promised to be a uniter, and he's done the opposite. He's been more divisive. He's gone far left. And, I mean, he's losing his own base. And, you know, the two largest groups that he's lost support with, young people and Hispanics. Those are the two number one drop-offs uh, for him over this last year, and it just gets worse and worse every month. Wow, that's amazing. Well, so I, if we're looking at the United States Senate, it seems to be that's where these bills are getting blocked. How is that happening? That's right. And I think it has something to do with the filibuster, and is there anything people yes. out there can do to keep the filibuster in place? There's not a lot that people can do. It really comes down to, to the power couple. 
cinema and, and mansion, right? Yeah. So you've got an Arizona uh, senator and you've got a West Virginia senator that are saying, no, we're not going to give up on the filibuster because they saw what happened. When Harry Reid did away with the filibuster on federal judges, then, the, then the, it's just a matter of time until the, the pendulum swings. Then the Republicans did it. That's why Trump, because they did that, Trump got three Supreme Court justices. We're now primed after 50 years of faithful prayer and work by many of you and your viewers and, and lots and lots of people across this country for Roe v. Wade to finally be ended. And the filibuster is just a, is a rule that says, look, we need 60 votes. The Senate is the only place we can slow down the radical pendulum swings of the left and the right. And it's meant to pause the founders minute to be a pausing organization. They don't even have elections every two years. A third of them have an election every two years. They serve six-year terms. It's meant to be a more deliberative, slower body. Very frustrating in the age of instant gratification mm. uh, on both sides. Both sides, when they're, when they're in power, they want to get rid of that filibuster. But it's the only thing left that protects the minorities, which conservatives and Christians are now in the minority in the current administration. The Supreme Court is a majority. The White House is a majority of one. The House is a majority. The Senate is the only thing that protects, and, this, and it's only down to the filibuster, that protects some of the minority in the country's uh, rights. Well, we were talking too, I think, uh, Mark, before we came on about the U.S. Senate and where the key races are uh, this year. And I think you've got a diagram on that. Would you like to share that information? I do. We, we've got a map. If your guys can pull it up, the, the top states are going to, the top tier one states are going to be Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, New Hampshire for the Republicans to try to take seats from the Democrats. The Republicans are going to be defending five retiring uh, senators and then also Florida. So Florida, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin, and Missouri. Uh, so the map is going to be tough in the Senate. Uh, the map on the other side there shows the governor races. There's going to be even more governor races. Remember, the reason the governor races matter in the state races is because Roe v. Wade throws it back to the states. It's going to depend on what governor is going to be vetoing a bill. So if you're in one of these brown, light pink, light blue states, uh, Colorado wasn't fought to be, but after the Virginia 12-point swing in New Hampshire or New Jersey 14-point swing, Colorado's now uh, I think, in play with a lot of people. And so uh, I, I really think this is going to be a pivotal year. The House is going to be historic. I really think the House, I don't think it's going to swing by 25. I think it could double that. I really do. Wow. Maybe triple if, if, if the trend continues. I look for trends. When you do polls, don't look at a one-off. Look at the trend lines. And when you see that, you know, I, it, I think that's why 26 Democrats have retired. They're, you know, the rats are getting off the ship before it goes down. They're like, look, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go down with this. I want to be done. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you were talking also before we came on the air, John, about um, the historical data on voter turnout, right? And how many yes. people, how what percentage of Christians vote and don't vote, and who makes yes. the most important influence, you know? And can you share yes, some of that this, information this, too? I can. There's a there's a chart that they can put up. I think if if they have it, that that the last 40 years, uh, our team built the average of an off year, a midterm, people call it or an off year, not a presidential, but the average for the last 40 years, I did 40 years because God likes to do a lot of things in 40 year increments, uh, is 40%, which means out of all, if you took 10 of your friends, only four of them are gonna vote in November, only four. Mm. Two aren't even registered and four are registered, but they're not gonna vote. So what that means is that 
you could influence six people. And let me tell you why that's important. The number two most important person to influence a non-voter, a Christian particularly, is their pastor. If their pastor will say you need to vote, it's not a political act, it's a spiritual act. Use your voice and speak. Be light into a dark world. We get to elect who governs us. But there's one person more important than a pastor, and it's a close friend who knows about politics. So if you go to millionvoice.org, sign up. When the elections get close, the primary, we will send you a voter guide. It's free. You can print it and pass it out in your church, print it, pass it out in your neighborhood, give it to all your friends. If you give it to 10 friends, I'm telling you, six of every 10 are not voting. People don't believe me, but I have measured church memberships all over the country, some of the biggest churches in the country to the smallest churches. And it holds true. And let me let me give you an anecdotal story. Last year, 2020, the last election in, in Iowa, Congressional District 2 was almost 400,000 votes. That race was decided by six votes, wow. six votes. So if you were to put 10 voter guides or take them to your church or your neighbors or, or try to get 10 of your friends to vote, four of them will say, oh, I'm, I'm for sure voting. The other six are not. You, it'll, it'll shock you, I'm telling you, but you could be the one. And that Republican is now in Congress serving with just a margin of six out of 400,000 votes. Don't think a small church. If you're a pastor out there listening, a small church can do it. Remember President Bush in 2000? It was 500 votes. That's one or two small churches. Mm. And so little bitty numbers make huge, huge differences. Wow. That's awesome. Wow. You know, one thing, John, as a pastor, I don't think I have ever had so many people coming up saying, what can I do? How can I make right. a difference? And, you know, you said something a while ago, and Bill Federer always says this, Richard, in crisis, people turn to Christ. And I think it's gotten right. past that tired argument of Democrat-Republican we see that our nation is kind of hanging in the balance. That's so right. I want to encourage our viewers right now. We're going to be looking at some questions here in just a bit. Uh, get some of your questions in. But, John, I always look for some good news. And I think a lot of times people are just kind of worn out. They quit watching the news because if you do, it's so negative. Uh, what are some yes. of the top things that you see are really encouraging signs, and it's a good pulse that's going on in our nation right now. I, I think people are waking up. I think they see through it. Uh, Trump had a lot of flaws, right? But I think what he did was showed people how to fight. And, and really, there's sometimes a two-war a two war front here. Jesus, remember, he didn't just fight the evil, the demons, and casting them out, which was you know, maybe we, we analogize that, I don't want to go too far with it, the far left. But then he had the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the establishment, the people who did not want to lose their power. And Trump is an imperfect vessel. One of my early pastors, I got saved in college studying world religions, and I'll never forget one of my first pastors talking about the Apostle Paul and David and how these imperfect people, really, really imperfect. Paul's, they both were murderers, right? Uh, you know, that's some pretty serious stuff. And God used them for great things. I'll never forget this phrase. He said, God can strike a straight lick with a crooked stick. Yes. And it stuck with me that he uses imperfect people. I, I wasn't early to the Trump train. I, I had a hard time dealing with that. But he became the most pro-life president we've ever had. 
do I wish I could counsel him and he would listen to some different things? Yes, absolutely. And I don't know what the future holds. You know, he's, I guarantee you he's going to run again, or I can't guarantee it, but that's my prediction that he'll run again. But I tell you what, people now have seen, you know, do I, do I want good policies with mean tweets or do I want terrible policies and, and to be called a racist if I just want fair elections? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're seeing some things in the country that people didn't fit our mold, you know, and Mario Morello brought a really powerful point out uh, that Victor Davis Hanson talked about General Patton and he slapped a couple of soldiers and it didn't fit certain criteria and we kept from promoting him and we lost lives because of it. We needed a fighter in there and uh, we're finding out we're hanging in the balance right now yeah. as a nation. Yeah. So, well, it's always good to hear good news, but I agree we're in a great awakening right now and I people agree. need to get involved, do everything that you can. Well, how do people connect with you again and get more of this information? They can just go to millionvoices.org, millionvoices.org. They can sign up. We'll just give us your email. We'll send you updates. We'll give you this information. We'll send you the voter guides as things get closer. If you want to get involved, if you want to act, you can do that. Uh, we actually just got a matching grant for our voter guides. So, so for every dollar somebody donates, I can get 10 voter guides. We just talked about the impact that that can make. George Barna says 75% of the people of faith, Christians, the number one thing they rely on is a nonpartisan voter guide. We're a 501c3. We never endorse or oppose a candidate. We just give the facts on life, on marriage, on all religious freedom, all of the more poverty, all the moral issues of the day. The Prison Reform Act was a huge thing that we worked on. So we go through 12 to 14 different issues. People can donate to that, and then we can get the voter guides to the strategic Christians that we can identify, because we know how to hyper-target the people who are faith people that don't vote. They're really disenfranchised because they think it doesn't belong to them. They don't think either party belongs to them. And that's true. We don't put our hope in the party. We don't put our hope in the candidate. Our hope is in God. Our hope is in Christ. That's it. But we're called to bring his kingdom down here on earth and try to influence other people, even our enemies. We want to create a world where you can be free to worship even if you don't yet know God and you haven't yet bowed the knee to him. You're not worshiping him. That's the foundation of this nation. Doesn't mean the nation's perfect any more than we're perfect or our families are perfect, but it does mean that God longs for people to be free to investigate the claims of Christ and know Him. And so people can go to millionvoices.org, they can sign up, and we'll continue to give them information. That's awesome. I like the fact you make it simple. <laughs> and so, but Richard, are we getting some questions coming in? Yes, sir, brother, we've got some here. Um, it's about that time. So Stacy on chat asks this question, John. She wants to know if there are resources on your website that uh, she could present to her pastor to get their church members registered to vote. Absolutely. She can, she can go in there on the very bottom tab. We have podcasts on there. We have articles on there. We have statistics where I've talked about some of the things. She could send them this link where I talk about it. We see when we work in churches, I've spoken to over 7,000 pastors in person in the last several election cycles in, golly, 20-something states. And I, I love pastors. My heart is for pastors. And a lot of pastors, they just don't understand that their people aren't voting. 
out of thousands of pastors I've spoken to, not a single one believes me when I tell them the statistics I just told you of how many people are not voting in these elections. But we sign privacy policies with a lot of these churches. We never fundraise on their list, never, never contact their members, never sell that list at all. But we show them this is the number of people. We don't tell them who it is, but these are the number of people who aren't registered or aren't voting. And pastors go into motion when it happens. It's happened all over the country, and it's a, that's why I have a lot of hope. When they, we, that's why we use this, the verse Acts twenty twenty eight. In Acts twenty twenty eight, the scripture says, "Take heed, pastors, to yourself and to the congregation which he made you the overseer of." How can you know good information or managing the the people of God, the congregation God put you as the overseer of, if you don't have good information? So we give these pastors good information. We've now done it for the, some, actually several of the largest churches in the country now. Yeah. John, I, I just want to bring a little clarity there. So you're saying that a pastor can give you their database and then without invading anybody's privacy and you're not going to take the That's list right. and send a bunch of emails to it, you can nope. find out how many are registered to vote and different things like 100%. that? 100%. Yes, we've done that all over the country, and that's what puts pastors in motion. See, you got to remember, when we register to vote, it's public. You can go to the county. The pastors don't need me to do it. It's just really cumbersome and complicated, okay? So there's some expenses to it. But you can go to the county and figure it out. It's how we figured out that when you hand out voter registration cards at churches, it does not work. It does not work. We, we, we compared that with, with uh, pastor list. And it was church list, then we handed them out and we went to the county and see who showed up registered. Now, you can also see who votes. When you sign in to vote or you mail in your vote, it's recorded at the county. No one ever knows who you vote for or unless you tell them, right? And then we don't tell the pastors, these are the people who are voting or not. We just tell them the percentages. Mm -hmm. We just tell them, you know, your church is no different than the national average. Maybe it's a little better, maybe it's a little worse. And, and pastors, we had one pastor, we started doing this several election cycles ago. It was North Carolina, a church of over a thousand people. And all he did was put the pie chart up. And he said, listen, this, the majority of our church is not voting. And if we say we're the ones that can change the world and we're not even doing something as simple as going to vote, there was a 30% increase. That's all he said. He didn't shame anybody. He didn't say our hope is in a candidate or whatever. He just said, you're the salt and light of the world. And I don't know which one of you is not voting and which one of you is, but all of us should be voting. We should all be salt in line. And, and we measured it. And so that's how I know that it works. So to answer Stacy, I mean, or she could show them this video. I could talk to pastors uh, and I, I haven't met one that believes their church votes that low. But I also, when you show them the data, I haven't met a real pastor who's not a wolf in sheep's clothing. A real pastor goes into motion to try to lead his people. Because he's like, look, He's also frustrated. I can't change the country or stop all this silliness of the two parties, but I can lead my church. And that's what happens. And that's what gets, that's why I have so much optimism. It's because pastors are starting to see that. We don't even have to measure it anymore. I've measured enough of them. We can still do it for pastors. We've done it for large organizations. Uh, it just shows them the truth. And once they see it, they go into motion. Boy, I want to underscore that. Just encourage viewers to send this to your pastor. There's three pastors here yeah. tonight, so I think we could connect with them. Yeah, maybe that's awesome. So, yeah. John, I'm I'm curious what you would say to those pastors and Christians out there who say, 
Um, the church really should not get involved in politics. Jesus said that his kingdom was not of this world and, and that's a carnal thing and I'm not, that's not what I'm called to do. I'm just called to preach the word and win souls. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a response yeah. to that line of thinking? I, 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 I do. I used to be that guy. I used to be the person who's like, no, I'm all about evangelism, discipleship. I got saved studying world religions in college, did not grow up in the church, and I didn't want anything to do with politics. What happened to me was 9-11 happened, and I thought, we've been attacked. I want to do something. And that was the impetus that God used for the very beginning of me. And it was my pastor. It was my pastor and his wife that were talking about politics, that were saying we should be the change agents, we should be the ones to get involved. And I was kind of struggling with it. You know, I was a younger believer and I was kind of like, ah, I don't want, I don't know about that. I don't want to get involved. And, and it's good to have the debate because if you go into it thinking, hey, my hope, because here's what happens to a lot of Christians, pastors too, they go from no involvement to putting their all their hope, not in Jesus, but in a candidate or a party. And it's like, no, those people are going to come and go there. But we get to elect who governs us in a constitutional republic. You know, if we lived in a dictatorship, Nero, and, and we were being fed the lions or sawed in half, what would we be telling our family and our church? Hey, don't recant, even if they feed you to the lions. You know, mm -hmm. don't lose your faithfulness to Christ. But we don't have that problem. We get to elect who governs us. And that's why Proverbs 29, 2 is, is so powerful to me. If the righteous rule, people can rejoice. Yes. We can have spiritual awakening and we get to elect who governs us. But sadly, in a presidential 60% vote, in an off year like this year, 40% vote. In a primary, many primaries that decide who the two candidates are for the parties, it's five to 15% of the people vote. And I get excited because it doesn't take many of us to change it. Little bitty slivers. People don't realize this. Even the president of the United States, we talked about George Bush. By 525 votes in one state, he was the president who elected Supreme Court justices and dealt with policies on life. The last two elections, they have been won by 44,000 and 77,000 votes respectively out of over 130 to 160 million votes. That is 0.0005% placed in the right states. So all we have to do is stay engaged in these races, stay engaged in these things. Yes, pray, don't put your hope in it. And, and I would say one other thing, especially to pastors, we had, uh, in Texas, we had a big bathroom fight here a few years ago. We brought 500 pastors and their spouses to the Capitol. Spent three or four days, brought all the groups that we thought were really, really good in, in the area on different issues of morality. And then we had the pastors go to their state rep and state senator across at the Capitol. We did it at the Capitol. First, we asked them to pray. And second, we said, hey, I'm a pastor. I'm here with some other pastors or their family. And we represent, you know, 100 people, 1,000 people, whatever their church was. And we want to know where you stand on life, marriage, and these things. Over 50% of those state legislatures, including mine, cried in that meeting. Hmm. Because nobody comes to them and says, can I pray for you? Yeah. Is there something I could pray for you for? All they get is lobbied on one side or cussed out on the other. Mm -hmm. Nobody comes and stands mm -hmm. with them. So sometimes good people are running for office and we vote for them and then leave them. Please yes. don't do that. 
continue praying for them and continue saying, hey, can I pray for you? I, I appreciate you doing the right thing. I don't want to do that job. I'm grateful somebody's doing it and I want to stand with you, but can I pray for you? Please don't underestimate the, the power of that. It's powerful. Amen. Well, uh, you had mentioned earlier one of the things that was pivotal in Virginia uh, last year in, in the elections there was the church got involved as poll watchers, right. right? Poll watchers That's and poll right. judges. Yes. And uh, we've got a question in yes. from Allie on YouTube. Uh, I guess YouTube hadn't dropped us yet. <laughs> anyway, she said, uh, I wanted to be a volunteer to monitor the voting count in my state, but when I called the local county offices, they didn't know what I was talking about. Where would I volunteer? Do you know anything about how to go about that? Well, it depends on what state you're in, but you can go ask them. So some of them volunteer to be election workers to work the polls, some of them to be observers to watch and make sure that things are, are verified. And so she may have called the wrong office. You need to call the people and ask them specifically. I want to be involved in an election. I want to be one of the volunteers who helps check people in and make sure they have the right ID and those kind of things. So uh, what state did you say she was from? She didn't tell us. <clears throat> we don't okay. know what state she's right. in. Yeah, so, so every state has different rules, right? And every district or county or city can have different rules. I mean, if you're in Wisconsin, for example, I was talking to some people up there. There's 1,850 voting wards, and the Democrat Supreme Court said, we're not going to clean the voter rolls anymore. We're going to let each one of the 1,850 different wards make their own decision. Well, of course, the ones who are conscientious clean their roles and a lot of them that don't want to clean the roles so that if some people want to vote for other people they can do it so that's where you can make the biggest impact is some of these places that are that are you know maybe not wanting to make it easy for you to figure it out you can get online and research it you can send us an email i'll have somebody look it up for you at info at millionvoices.org and we'll try to help you if we're able to uh, you know we, you said earlier about Democrats are masters at changing the words or selecting favorable words. Joe Biden gave a speech last week, was it, uh, in Georgia trying to push through this voting thing, and they're calling it a voting rights bill. Uh, is it a voting rights bill, John, and, and what are your I, thoughts I on that? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. I would call it the easy-to-cheat uh, vote bill. So, so let me give you just a couple of simple, simple, simple things that anybody should, matter of fact, the majority of people have a problem with these things. Not proving that you're a citizen in order to vote. Mailing it and, and literally uh, under the HR1 bill, they were letting politicians or third party people come pick those votes up for you. Can you imagine? I mean, and this is actually, there's facts. There's a sheriff that found a lot of the nursing homes in Wisconsin. They've already opened an investigation on this. They've sent subpoenas on this. Uh, where they were going into nursing homes and a, a gentleman called him and said, hey, uh, my mother's in a nursing home. She's comatose, but apparently she voted because I got online and looked it up. So that means somebody voted for her. She didn't vote for herself. She can't even talk. She's not even awake. The sheriff opened an investigation and found that a lot of those people in the nursing home that aren't able themselves to vote, someone voted for them. So those are the kind of things that these investigations are doing, and that's what HR1 wants to stop. They literally want to basically permatize all of the rules they changed because of COVID and said, hey, let's put drop boxes everywhere. There were 305 drop boxes, 24 hours a day. The agreement, go, go read, this is not 
fantastical. This is a never Trump Secretary of State Rappelsberger finding credible evidence to now open an investigation when he's been saying for over a year there is nothing to investigate. I've already looked at it. He's now opened an investigation because he agreed with Stacey Abrams, you can have the drop boxes if we have videos. He said there's going to be H to pay if we don't have those videos. Multiple of the liberal leftist county clerks have now responded. This is public information. I'm not, this is not a theory. This is actual facts. You can go look it up. They said, well, we deleted all the videos on the drop boxes in 30 days. The federal statute says you have to keep all election stuff for 22 months. They said, well, we thought it was because of the emergency order, so we just deleted everything in 30 days. <laughs> well, there needs to be an investigation. Don't jump to conclusions. But that doesn't look right. That doesn't smell right. And even someone who doesn't want to investigate it is now investigating it, uh, who's been defending the election. There was another one, and you can see this. David Schaefer reported this to the Bureau of Investigation. There was, they do cell pings, okay? So, so the way cell pings work mm. is when you went in the Capitol January 6th, that's how they did the indictments. Which phones went inside the Capitol and then could you find any videos to match it? If you just had the phone, they had indictments for that. Well, this group, True the Vote, literally, you go, go sign up for their updates if you want more updates, especially if you live in Georgia uh, or some of these other states where this controversy is going on. And if you have anything, they have a hotline where you can tell them. And that's how they found out one of the people called the hotline and literally admitted I was I went and voted for 4,000 plus people. I can't remember the exact number and made $10 a ballot. That's what the investigation is for. Now, we need to let the investigation go. We need to see what the evidence is. It's a criminal matter. The people are now investigating it. David Schaefer said in the one county that only 24 on Columbus Day of the election, only 24 ballots came, somehow an extra 2,000 ballots showed up in that box on that day. So those are things that are under investigation right now. We'll see what happens. It's not going to change the election, I don't think, in the past. It's too late for that. But it highlights the problem of where it can be easy to cheat under H.R. 1. Wow, fantastic. Well, um We've got a lot more questions here. Let's see. Okay. Um, okay. President Trump, one of the things he accomplished was a record number of appointees of federal judges. Uh, yes. Are we reaping the benefits of that right now? We are reaping the benefits. In fact, some of those judges have made several rulings on life, on guns, on vaccines, on election integrity. Uh, however, he only had four years to do that, and Biden is now eclipsing his mark with the federal appointments as well. Uh, it's going to be very interesting if the Senate shifts in nine months. Does that continue or does that then slow down? And then who's going to be the president in 2024? Absolutely, we're reaping the benefits of that. It was historic how many that he did. It was one of the things that he and McConnell, one of the few things that they worked together on. And when they worked together, they got a lot of stuff done. So that's a good question. Well, and, and we saw last week the uh, Supreme Court struck down the OSHA vaccine mandate for yep. private employers. And if it, it, am I safe in saying if it weren't for Trump's appointments to the Supreme Court, that wouldn't have happened? Yes. And if you look at that appointment, what's interesting is it was a 6-3 opinion 
that struck it down for the uh, employers of over 100, but then they reversed it for healthcare workers with, that get Medicaid and there were 5-4, and a lot of people were upset that Kavanaugh and Roberts were the two conservatives that went over with the three liberals uh, to vote on that issue. And and it's, it's you know, I don't want to get into the vaccine issue, but it's really crazy that we're that we're firing a bunch of people because they don't have a vaccine and ignoring what if they have natural immunity, which is better than the vaccine, or at least the same thing as the vaccine. Even the NCAA is now saying you can come to a game if you have a vaccine or natural immunity, and they've completely ignored natural immunity. Mm -hmm. And so I think I think it really does matter. Well, and it's also crazy that they, uh, <clears throat> we can't have uh, driver's license or IDs for you to vote, but you better have one to go into a restaurant along with your vaccine yes, card so right. we can prove that it's yes. you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, okay, well, three minutes left. I th I've got one more question. I'm going to okay. paraphrase uh, one okay. of our viewers' questions here, but uh, who are your picks for Republican nomination for president and for uh, Democrat nomination for president in uh, 2024? Wow, that's a, that's a fun question. Okay, and I'm going to hold so you to it. I like DeSantis. I like DeSantis myself. I can tell you that Trump is, I mean, I'm 99.9% .9 sure Trump is going to run and it's going to be almost impossible because of everything that happened and how they see the two sides. He could even pick DeSantis' running mate. I would love for him to do rallies and get behind DeSantis. I don't see that happening. DeSantis, I think, has been the leader through the pandemic all the way, and people are recognizing he is incredible. On the Democrat side, I don't see Biden willingly giving up like all the theories or giving it up to Kamala, but I do see this. I think when he loses the House, I think Hillary's already beginning the process of saying we need an alternative to him. You're going to have an AOC-type person on the far left do it, and that's that's part of the problem with Biden is he's gone so far left. And so I see Hillary maybe coming back into the picture. You know, there's people that have theories that he's going to get rid of Kamala and put Michelle in and then resign so that Michelle Obama is there. I, I, I think that's pretty stretching it. Uh, but don't count Hillary out. I wouldn't count Biden out. I don't, I don't think people took him as seriously uh, as they should have when he was when he was running the last time. So that's I think it could be a rematch with Biden-Trump and, you know, the way things are and the way things trend, if they held today, it'd be a landslide for Trump. And if the rules, Robert Cahalli was the most accurate pollster for the last five years, trafficker group. I was talking to him a month or two ago and he said, had the rules of 2020 been the same rules and not all the COVID mail it in and mail it late and drop boxes, Trump would have won 330 electoral votes and he'd be the president right now. It'd have been a landslide. Wow. Wow. Where is that information? How can people get a hold of that? Uh, he just said it in an information. Basically, if you take out people voting late, people voting in drop boxes, I mean, just look at the numbers of people who voted and mailed them in and how the thing, you know, I'm not even talking about Dominion and all that, all those theories. Those may or may not be right, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just if you followed the rules of 2016 and you couldn't just mail in drop boxes and everybody got them mailed and third party mailed them to in a lot of these states uh you really you know you had three states that flip and it's 10,000 12,000 and 20,000 votes out of 150 60 million well, I think we're 4,000 I think we're probably out of time yeah John I've been encouraged tonight John thank you for what you're doing and I'm going to point our church our culture impact team to millionvoices.org and thank you for bringing us so much encouragement tonight and for helping us let our light shine out there. Amen. Good to be with you guys. And thank you for joining us on Truth and Liberty. Please take the time to share this link and we'll see you next week.
Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net. 